A debate about property rights is unfolding in real time along the coast of Playa. The wealthy enclave near Shelter Island has enjoyed private piers for nearly 80 years. Now the Port of San Diego says those private piers must be made public. Residents have used the pier since before Shelter Island was created, and they say the port is destroying a part of San Diego's history. For the San Diego Union-Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton, and this is your San Diego News Fix. Jennifer Van Grove, you cover growth and development for the Union-Tribune, and you wrote a story about an ongoing controversy about public and private land in this area near Shelter Island called La Playa. Why don't you explain, how did this situation come to be? We're actually in a really unique situation. So in this La Playa area, it's in Shelter Island um, on the point, so to speak, in Point Mm -hmm. Loma. And what we're talking about here is a very small little coastal area. Um, It starts at the end of Talbot Street, Mm -hmm. um, the area in particular that we're talking about, and it extends along the La Playa Trail um, out to Kellogg Beach. And in this area, there are five piers that were built uh, in the 1930s and the 1940s, mm-hmm. and they were built as residential piers. And the reason they were built as residential piers because at the time, the Port of San Diego didn't exist, the Coastal Commission didn't exist. You could, in theory, do this. You know, I I don't know. I don't have like the permits or the deeds from way back then. Mm-hmm. So, people apparently built their own piers, uh-huh. uh, and then kind of Shelter Island was dredged, and then it became a totally different community. And over the years, it's become actually a very upscale uh, community. And so the homes that butt up against the La Playa Trail, they are multi-million dollar estates. And now there are um, four quasi-public private piers. So these people own them, but the public has to have access, right? So technically, the Port of San Diego owns the piers. Uh But... Um, the there are permits for them. They're Tideland use or Tideland use and occupancy permits, two uh-huh. ops. Um, and the, the the tenants they lease the pier from the port at about twenty thousand dollars a year, mm-hmm. and then they can dock their boat. And essentially, the way they're set up is that there's a public um, sort of pier, and then you would walk along the pier. You get to a gate. That gate is locked. On the other side of that gate is a floating dock. And then, you know, the people who have the permits can dock their boats there. So the situation that we're in, there there are four of these piers, one pier. There are four of these piers. One pier, the La Playa Yacob Pier, is, uh-huh. is considered actually a, a public pier, and that, that's a whole other thing. But four of these piers, they're actually considered residential piers by the Port of San Diego and Coastal Commission. And so because, the homeowners still own them. Well— it's not that the homeowners own them. It's that they're uh, they're tied to residences that are mm-hmm. literally up, you know, up the hill. Not even up the hill, up the path, essentially. And so the Port of San Diego, can they are the, um, they control or they oversee the public, or they, they oversee the tidelands in public trust, which technically means this is, the tidelands belong to the people of San Diego. Uh-huh. It's supposed to be that way. And on... Tidelands. You cannot have a residential use. It is just a part of coastal law. And so in 1981, Mm -hmm. the Coastal Commission, which was only formed in the 70s, they came in and they certified the Port of San Diego's master plan. 
but they certified it on condition that these four peers in question, actually it was five at the time, four now, they either had to be entirely public so that restricted area um, would no longer be restricted or the port would have to tear them down. And we're now 38 years later and those peers are still there. And the reason we're in this situation now where those peers are in jeopardy again is because the port is going through its master plan update process. It released a draft of that document. Uh It just closed the comment period. And within this comment period, toward the end, some Shelter Island residents, some La Playa residents in particular, they noticed that the poor master plan update calls for these peers to be made public or torn down. So how did they not know about this for almost 40 years? Well, people, so the people who have the permits, they know that they are on short-term permits. So these permits Uh are four or five-year permits, and they're usually automatically renewed, right? Um, And I don't quite understand the particulars, and I really tried to dig and understand the situation. But since 1981, the permits have renewed every four or five years. However, there's been instances where Coastal Commission and or the Port of San Diego has come in and tried to say, we need to make these piers public or we need to turn them down. One instance in particular, I believe, was in the 90s. Uh-huh. Gosh, I'm, I might be getting my dates wrong. But um, there was that was when the accord was reached where, okay, this is temporary. This is not going to last. But um, we will let you keep these piers for X amount of years, like four or five, and, and then they have to be torn down or be made So public. that kind of established this current status quo, right. right? And it's been carried over. And I don't think the people who have the piers now, which is actually, there's only um, three active permits now. So for whatever reason, two of the piers in question, they they no longer have an active permittee tied to, tied to it. So they're essentially inactive piers. And, the, and two of the houses that had the permits, they're now for sale. So go figure. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the the whole point of that was was basically like this is kind of carried over. The permittees kind of found out about this only recently because of the port master plan update. But it's they would argue that the port didn't do enough outreach. They would argue that they kind of found out about it on their own. Even though the port has hold, held discussion sessions and forums, and and I would say that people and some people in the area knew about this back in 2017, uh-huh. um, but I think most people who live there only found out about it because um, Cameron Driscoll Lilly, who is the daughter of one of the homeowners who has the permit for um, the, their family pier, it's called yes. Wyatt Pier. She found out about it, realized how serious this was. And, and kind of rallied the troops, so to speak, mm-hmm. via social media and on the ground. So what was the reaction from uh, Cameron Driscoll Lilly when she started rallying the troops? Like, how fast did things mobilize in that area? It seemed like it was pretty fast. So she she said she knew about the Port Master Plan update, and the, the she knew the peers were mentioned in it, I think, back in, like, April or May. But it wasn't until July... Um, towards the end of the comment period where she read through the whole document and decided she was outraged. This is this is a family peer to her, right? So she doesn't live in the house that's attached to the pier. She lives in Ocean Beach. But this is there's so many memories attached to these peers. Her grandmother, the the pier, according, you know, to the family story, it, it was built for her grandmother, Patty, Patty Wyatt. Uh-huh. Um and that pier has essentially stayed in the family, so to speak 
for for generations now. And so she was outraged. And on top of it, when she started reading the Port Master Plan update, she 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 noticed a bunch of other changes proposed for Shelter Island um, and La Playa in particular that were also or are also very contentious. Right, so there are changes proposed for the La Playa Trail. And those changes are, they're a little, I think, ambiguous. Based, so we're talking about planning language, which is open-ended to an extent on purpose because uh-huh. this is a planning document. This is supposed to guide what happens on the port over the next 30 years. And so one of the languages talks about amenitizing the Talbot Street trailhead for the La Playa Trail. Some people have taken that to believe or taken that to mean that there's going to be a public restroom there. Oh, they I absolutely see. do not want a public restroom there. The Port of San Diego tells me that is absolutely not in the cards. There's there's no infrastructure, there's no water or sewer to allow for that. But just the fact that the language is a little bit open-ended kind of makes people fearful of these changes. And there's also a public trail there, right? This is really interesting. Uh-huh. Um, in the weeds, but interesting if you love Landios. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> right? So the La Playa Trail right now, it's um, it's a nature trail. I think at one point there was a proposal to pave it. That's not the proposal now. The port is proposed to maintain that trail as a nature trail. The change would be that they might have to move it inland because of coastal erosion. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, they and actually... that's always controversial. Well, they own, here's the thing. They own that property that's just inland of the trail now. However, it doesn't look like they own it because the homeowners of those estates there, they've landscaped that property. Oh. And some of them have encroachment agreements with the Port of San Diego. So they're doing so legally, and some of them do not. Some of them are doing so illegally. But technically, that is also port plan- um, Portland. And people who people who follow the issue are aware of this. And I, I spoke to one guy who was kind of really upset about the fact that the port just lets the homeowners landscape this area because he thinks it then makes everything look private and residential and doesn't invite the public in to use this trail. Um, but anyways, back to Cameron. She, she, she then put up a Facebook page, um, Save La Playa, and she put up a, a website and she got her four children involved and she went to speak to people, I think, at the lo- like one of the local um, grocery stores there. Uh-huh. And she- people were surprised. She said people had no idea that this was happening. And she feels that the port ha- had dropped the ball on-, on keeping people informed. You know, and if you read the comments on Facebook, it was intentional. But as someone who covers the port, I know that they've had public notices but there's there's always that disconnect between a public notice and some uh, some resident. Yeah, most people would not read that. But to kind of rectify that disconnect, the port is this week hosting a public um, forum on Shelter Island in particular because another issue that came up once people knew that there were changes for Shelter Island, then they saw, oh my gosh, they want to add 1,600 hotel rooms to you know West and East Shelter Island. Like that's absurd. Like there's only 1,200 now. Like no way. Yeah. So, you know, Cameron drawing attention to the peers kind of had this like trickle effect. And and, and so now it's chaos. <laughs> yeah. So it's worth noting this whole area is rather wealthy. These are moneyed people with connections. Not, I don't want to say all of Sheltered Island is moneyed, but I will, you know. Um, Above average this, at least. Yeah, for sure. And this part of the point in particular is 
Um, but there are parts of Point Loma that I think are upper middle class, middle class. But this area along the trail, these are these are multi-million dollar estates. These are affluent people. Um, and some of them, like um, Cameron's mother, who lives in the house now, uh, Lori, she, I, you know, I don't. I don't know anything about her finances, but I know that they have the most unassuming house on the block. And, uh-huh. um, you know, uh, the way Cameron paints the picture, her mother is kind of, you know, loves to see people come to the area, loves to see people use the pier, loves to see engagements on the pier. So um, that's a little bit different mentality. And, and Cameron even told me, I thought it was fascinating. She, she's like, I don't even inspire to be the type of person who can own a home in this in this little section of mm-hmm. Shelter Island. I don't even aspire to be the perp- a type of person who can own a boat here. I know that that's not necessarily attainable for me. But the piers are historic in her point of view. And uh-huh. they're attached to so many memories. But also, you know, it's more, they're also a part of San Diego's history. Like, where else will you find? They're, they're pretty quaint. And if you go to that area, it doesn't feel like any other area in, in San Diego. And so I think, you know, if you want to look at the good-natured side of it, there's certainly people there who are just worried about the character um, of that area changing. When these kind of fights happen, sometimes things can go in the opposite direction than intended. Is there a worry that it's a possibility that La Playa could become even more shut off from the public in the future? I don't know that that is a worry. Maybe it should be a worry. What I do know is in the hundreds and hundreds of comments that flooded um, to the port during their their comment period, there was a sense of unease that the port was going to come in and publicize this trail that they felt has been quiet and residential and, you know, left alone. And I think there's definitely a, a worry from those people that the port may over-publicize it, may bring in yeah. too many people. And so I don't know that someone's going to come out and say, I don't want anybody coming to my path, but I did pick up that sense. Not from Cameron, uh, you know. Let me let me be fair to her, but from a lot of the comment letters. This, you know, this is our slice of heaven. You know, don't come in. Don't you know? There's definitely a sense that the port yeah. is catering to the needs of developers with the hotel rooms. So it's all kind of commingled in fear. I mean, it's the same kind of sentiment when people jokingly say, "Oh, we hate the zonies that are at the beach." It's the same same kind of idea, right? <laughs> It might be, yeah. I mean, but more intimate because you live there. You live there, and like I said, there's there's no other place like this in San Diego. And I I don't say that in trying to hype the area. I, I walked the trail. I saw the piers. It, it's beautiful. It's yeah, and even from the other part of Shelter Island, you can see it from the Kona Kai, right? Yeah, I believe you can. Yeah, yeah, that looks beautiful. It's it's, it's a it's, it's an amazing spot. It's beautiful. I would have never known it was open to the public until I wrote this story, and that might be part of the problem. And. That's kind of the nut of the story, of which how do you effectively have public places that are known to be public? Like, is this a failure from the port to, like, communicate that with, like, maybe, like, some well-done signage or, like, even, like, a Google map in that right shade of green? Like, why did that never happen? Yeah, I don't want to make that judgment. I will say, though, that Coastal Commission, they are not satisfied with the situation, and that's why things are as tense as they are now. The Port of San Diego, maybe they've dropped the ball, maybe they haven't, but Coastal Commission has a pretty firm stance that there is the appearance that, you know, the piers are private and that the area is relatively private as well, and they don't 
they don't like that at all. I mean, the Coastal Commission stands for public access to the coast. So that's a problem from their point of view. However, the port needs to fix it. They need to fix it and they need to do it now. And is there a sense of time frame in which anything could happen either way? Yeah, so that that public um, discussion session is uh, Wednesday evening. Um, I don't know that there's going to be any sort of change that comes out of it, but the the port hasn't released a final um, version of their um, of their port master plan update. And then, you know, once they put out a final version, then they will have to do the environmental impact analysis that could add two years, then the Coastal Commission has to certify everything. Um, and the Port Master Plan is pretty specific right now in the, the update that's there. So the peers would essentially have two years. Once the document is certified, which is still probably two years out, they would have two years from the certification date to make the peers public or tear them down. And I forgot to mention the problem with making them just public is it's a question of liability for, yes. the, for, for the permit holder or for the port. And we all know how tricky that can be. And I imagine this is one of those things that is likely going to go beyond what we expect. We'll see. I'm sure I'll have more coverage. All right. Jennifer Van Grove, thank you so much. Thank you. In other news, a group of low-income housing advocates are getting ready to announce a location for their plan to put shipping container apartments in underutilized church property. The group is called YIGBY, which stands for Yes in God's Backyard. If everything goes according to plan, 21 seniors may move into the apartments by the end of the year. The yet-undisclosed location might be announced as early as Tuesday. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. On weekday mornings, you can hear a quick rundown of local weather and headlines. Just tell your smart speaker to launch the San Diego Union Tribune. You can also get the Flash Briefing as a podcast. For a full listing of our audio offerings, go to uniontrib.com slash podcasts. Until next time.